check, check. Mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. It's 10.59 a.m. So you're actually getting a minute extra of show, everybody. So... Hope you appreciate it. These are the things we do for you. Uh, thank you to Fly Racing for coming on. And uh, go to your local dealer and demand to see the latest and greatest from Fly. They have a color. They have a style. They have a price point. Something to make you happy. Flyracing.com. Please check them out. Motorsport guys, of course, uh, carry the Fly Racing. The Formula Helmet's amazing. And it's in, it's uh, quiet. It's lightweight. It's super safe. They got some different shells available for that for different price points. So please check that out if you can. And uh, we, we'd uh, we'd appreciate you doing that. Um, please, thanks. Uh, uh, great to great to have you on board. Fly Race and Motor Sixty Show, presented by Get Pro Taper Maxis FMF Vision Plum Creek Funding, all on board with us. Seven zero two. 586-7857 to uh, give us a call on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. 702-586-PULP. We are giving away a Fly OGO 9800 gear bag today. The fo- folks at OGO are great. And uh, Fly has teamed up with them to uh, brand a-, a line of gear bags. And it's fantastic. So uh, thank you to those guys. 702-586-PULP. Taking your calls over there in the corner, holding things down. It's dark. He doesn't turn the lights on. Sits by himself like a like a troll or something. V. Tits, Lazier, Tits, what's up? Hi, Steve. What's going on? Just giving you one free minute. Oh, yeah. Thank yep. you. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, we had one of the longest all-time uh, pulp shows on Monday. Took me forever to listen to it as well. Yeah. You yeah. would not have been happy. It sounded like it was fun watching oh. watching Jake get uh, slippery over and everything like so, that over there. But in general, I would have been exhausted and yeah, you probably not happy yet. Right. Yeah, I would think so for sure. Yeah. So Triple Crown this weekend. And you're going. I'll be there. You are going. So you are Mark's, back. Me and Mark's dog. Ah, that's 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 big time when you yeah. guys show up at yeah. a race. I love the triple crowns, by the way. And uh, is that why you're going to this one? Is Glendale's that- Glendale's always the one we go to, whether it's a triple crown. Oh, okay, crown all right. Or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we we like the facilities there, and it's not too far-ish and, right, and right. stuff like that. So okay. yeah, we'll be there. All right, Travis and- will be signing autographs. Marks, um, yep, yeah, Marks will be at meet, the meet- Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show. Come and meet or- Marks. Uh, yeah. Do a chin up on their chin up challenge, and then get Marks's autograph. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Got a few lines open still. Uh, again, thank you to the folks at Pro Taper. They have launched. This new bar, Randy was in the studio of Andy Valade. The ACF, aluminum carbon fiber bar, the first carbon fiber reinforced aluminum handlebar for motocross. The lightest one and one-eighth motocross bar out there, up to 20% lighter than conventional one and one-eighth designs. It's got 7,000 series aluminum in it. It's got a, a carbon core system that uses lightweight and exceptionally strong unidirectional carbon fiber cores to reduce, to reinforce the aluminum tubing. 
and safely reduce its wall thickness in key areas. Um, it's a really cool bar. And acfprotaper.com for more information on that. Um, uh, please check that out. They got bars uh, that suit you. They got sprockets as well, chains, protaper.com, uh, Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna, and the folks at um, Star Racing using ProTaper. So Tomac just went in the race with ProTaper handlebars. Uh, also, we have the folks at FMF Vision on board. We were going to give away a pair of goggles to um, uh, 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 a listener here on the show. When Kay Clayson makes the main event, he's an FMF Vision rider. Uh, he made Anaheim 1. Everything was going good. It has not been going well since then. So we have not given away any FMF Vision goggles. But hopefully if Cade pulls his pants up and gets a little closer and gets into that main event, uh, we will give away some FMF goggles. But the FMF Vision, a unique optics brand created in partnership with the brilliant Minds You Brought You 100%. It's a full range of goggles to meet every rider's needs. So they got film systems. they got sand goggles, over-the-glasses one, youth models. Upgrade your goggle arsenal with the power of FMF Vision. Follow at FMF Vision to see the latest. Uh, Dean Wilson also wearing FMF Vision goggles. So that's super awesome. Um, and again, if Cade gets onto it, we can actually uh, uh, give away some some goggles here. So uh, Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show, Jason Thomas and uh, Jason Wygant coming up here shortly on the show. I want to thank the folks at Plum Creek Funding. I've used Plum Creek for a couple of uh, houses I had. Um, so really, really great service from those guys. If you live in Colorado, Nevada, California, reach out to Zach Morris, uh, whether it's a, a brand new home, whether you're looking to pull cash out, whether you want to lower your rate. Contact a professional with over 25 years of experience, 702-212-4685. Zach at PlumCreekFunding.com. Z-A-C-H-P-L-U-M. CreekFunding.com. So please check that out. Uh, Again, Colorado, Nevada, California. I know we've had some listeners uh, use Zach, and they've been very, very pleased. So it says here the discount code is hashtag same square footage. Uh, I don't know if that applies or not, and I don't like that hashtag, so I'm not going to promote that. But hashtag... Same square footage if you uh, if you want to deal from the folks at Plum Creek Funding. Thank you to Get and Maxis. We'll talk about more of them later. And, of course, Fly Racing. The uh, Fly Racing radio show will be at Glendale this Saturday at 5 p.m. I think it's 5 p.m. I don't know if the Glendale, if the Triple Crown stuff is a little different. But uh, sometime around then, by the fly truck, myself, uh, Jason Thomas, and some guy named Alex Ray will be talking about what we saw at Glendale and practice and everything else. You can come by and uh, watch a live show. Why don't you? Uh, speaking of fly racing, he's uh, he's back on the line. It's uh, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. Just... Uh... Got to Phoenix a little bit ago, headed towards the stadium, uh, pulled over to, uh, yeah, talk to Dude. my dear friend. Oh, his, thank you. Uh, Thursday radio show. Do we uh, do we have a 5 o'clock time? I, I don't know if the cha- if the time's changed for that fly racing uh, radio show. It'll probably be 6 because everything's an hour later. Oh, it is. Weekend. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we uh, 6 o'clock-ish. Uh, Triple Crowns, of course, coming back. I missed them last year, man. I missed them. I, I, I enjoy these things. I think you do, too. I like switching them up. I know some riders aren't in favor of them, but welcome back, Triple Crown. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I truly believe it's the best format we have for us. Um, now, is it harder on racers? Is it harder on mechanics? Is it harder on team budgets? Everything else? Yes, absolutely. So I get it as far as, like, completely moving to that format really doesn't make sense on a lot of levels. And, and it also is kind of a, you know, I think the fitness side for 21 minutes is, is something we would lose out on. But I'm all for some of these. You know, whether three or five or seven is the right number, I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it definitely does suck to not have them. So you're not in favor of changing this format forever, but you would be okay with adding more? Well, I, I, I think 21 minutes is a real test for guys, and I think it does change the racing sometimes. Not always, but 
uh, you know, we, we used to see how strong Tomac would come on at the very end of races. And I think it's a, a part of the sport that if we lost, would it, it just would take away from the overall difficulty level. And that, that's not a good thing for me. Um, but I do think having this, you know, three-race triple crown format in both classes, the entertainment factor is simply higher. It, it just is. Because uh, I, I just go off my own feelings. And during the qualifiers, and as a racer, too, if you're, like, from position three to seven, you're just kind of cruising around, right? In, in a like, heat. Okay, yeah, in a I, heat, yeah. Yeah, in the qualifiers, right. Yeah. Do I need to speed up? Do I need to slow down? I don't want to get into any sort of conflict with anyone because I just want to qualify. You know, the guys that are in 8, 9, 10, okay, yeah, they're in a war. And the guys that are trying to win the heat race, you know, they're, they're all in. Uh, and the LCQs are pretty good, too. But I, I just don't really get that excited about it um, until the main events. Like, the main events are what count. And it's kind of just a, a waiting game until we get there. With the Triple Crown, like, I am all in and fully entertained and engaged in what's going on from, you know, whatever, what, 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock or normally 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock. And I think that's – there's just a lot more to be, you know, entertained with and involved with and storylines and all those things come out of a triple crown just more than a normal race. Again, I'm going to make a plea to the powers that be. They want to fix the program a little bit. I like triple crowns. Put the LCQs at the start of the night. There's nothing better – then saying, hey, guys, we're going to go right in an LCQ. These four guys get to race the, uh, the, the main event. Uh, you know, we all love the LCQs. We see all the carnage that happens in the great racing. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. It's, four, it's two separate races. Uh, do you like that idea? Would you be in favor of that like I am? In theory, yes, but I don't think you're ever going to win that one because I believe the decision makers are never – going to want to start a show without the stars being around um and and right or wrong i'm not saying you're wrong at all i just don't i don't see it changing well but they start with 250s now those aren't the stars but those i mean they kind of are like they they get tons of tons of credit and tv time and podiums and i mean they're making you know those guys are making insane amounts of money so i don't know okay uh i'd like to see that are you okay with how they do it though never mind putting the lcq at the start of the night show are you good with 18 guys uh, get in through the two qualifying practices and then a, and then a four lap or a five minute LCQ with four guys getting in. Is that all good for you to to, to get the, to set the lineup for the triple crown? I think it's fine. Uh, is it perfect? I don't know because I don't know what the alternative would be. Right? It's all it's the only way we've ever done it, um, and it seems to work. So I don't necessarily see any problem with it. Um, now, if you propose some idea that made a lot more sense, I'm open to that too. You know, I don't think yeah. it's infallible, but it seems to work. Uh, Tomac's really good at these. I think he's the, got the best stats uh, out of the active riders right now. But this is also a weekend, I think, where uh, Ken Roxon can turn this thing around after two races that uh, he got knocked down at. Uh, do you agree? You know, I really thought he needed a bounce back ride at Anaheim too, and it looked like he was on his way. The concerning thing for me was, those guys were catching him. You know, he, he is normally the guy that if he gets out front, everybody's in big, big trouble because he's able to pull a lead early. And, okay, maybe Cooper Webb can get him at the end. Maybe Eli Tomac can get him at the end. Those guys were reeling him in, and that's what got him in trouble. You know, and we were only, what, five laps in, six laps in? It, it was still fairly early in the race. Yeah. And that's not, that's not really typical for Kenny. Uh, so that – 
either notates to me that he's a he's a step off of his peak, you know, sprint speed, or maybe his confidence is still lacking a little bit from those those crashes in Oakland and San Diego. So I don't quite know what to make yet. Um, it, it just seems like everything's not necessarily firing on all cylinders, and he really tried to get the train back on the track, and I'm using every cliche possible right now. He, he tried to get it back together with that. You know, he got the start, and I'm sure on the first lap or two, he's like, okay, I'm back. Like, here we go. I'm out of here. And he couldn't get out of there, right? He just wasn't able to disappear on those guys. So I, I'm, I would think there's some sort of residual – knock on his confidence from that because we don't we don't see that very often man it's not very often that somebody can chase ken Roxon down early in the race so so you're you're leaning towards it not i mean not being yeah i don't on track. yeah i don't think he's ready to just go out and, and dominate a race and win a, a triple crown right now i don't i don't know what it is i don't know if it's a mental thing i don't know you know we still do we ever get verification of what he was doing in denmark in between i think uh, um i think he was a big round yeah i just think you want to see some windmills Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, just really missed really miss Europe, mm-hmm. Northern Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that would tell me that something's going on with his health or he wanted to get a checkup or, you know, yeah. I don't know enough, but to fly to Europe in the middle of the week in between rounds, something's up. There's a reason for that, right? Because if it's just a doctor checkup, you can do that over Zoom. I'm guessing there had to be some sort of, you know, testing or something done while he was there that he had to go there for. Uh, but that's a really strange thing that you would not do if everything was okay. Like, if everything's like, no, we're good, I just need, you know, we need to test some more and get the bike dialed and I'm fine, you're not flying to Denmark on, you know, Monday. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I have a lot more questions and answers, as you can see. Yeah, yeah. So Tomac's really good at these. Um, I'm sure he'll do well this weekend. Kenny, maybe you're not such on board with that. Um, I think Anderson and Sexton will also uh, be really good this weekend. So, I guess shocking. I feel like the top three guys maybe will be top three guys again this weekend. Shocking. Yeah, and, and you know the the starts are much more critical for these triple crowns. Um, so I, I'm looking to see if any of these other guys that we really haven't been focusing on so much can make their mark. Uh, you know, guys like Mookie, guys like can Plessinger bounce back. Um, because some of these guys, I think they're there, but it's either the start or the, you know, they're crashing too much or whatever. Um, you know, I mentioned Marv, like Webb still needs to get back into the thick of this thing. So while I agree with you, some of these guys have to be looking around going, man, I got to make it happen. Like I've got to get into this thing. And I think with a start, you know, a 10 minute race or whatever it is, I don't think it's asking a lot. Like, those guys can all go fast enough to make it happen. So I'm looking for a little bit of variance. Um, but if, to your point, if those guys that you mentioned get the starts, yeah. no one's beating them. Yeah. They're not going to get beat. We're four rounds down now, and they're top three in the points. And by the eye test, they've been the top three guys. Yeah, they're the best three. Yeah. Um, but start, starts can derail that pretty quickly, yeah. especially if you you know cut the races in half. Right. Uh, absolutely. Let's get some phone calls here. we got a lot of people on the line. Um all right, Jason Thomas from Fly Racing here. Let's go to Cody first. He's on one. What's up, Cody? How are you? What's your question? Hey, gentlemen. Thank you all for your time. I would just like to state it's a privilege to be able to communicate, talk to you all. Both of you all's careers are amazing, um, and I don't think you all get enough uh, props for that. Are you just um, trying to get the gear bag? Because it's a really good way to get the gear bag. <laughs> it's a super, super good way to get the gear bag. So, Well, I'm just stating the truth. Um, I had three points I wanted to touch okay. on. Um, first off, 
it looked to me like Roxon maybe was giving way to Jason and it just backfired on him. I think JT's on to something. If he's leaving and traveling internationally in the middle of a week, something's up. Um, my second thing was Tomac seems to be someone who doesn't sprint in the beginning of his season. He seems to sprint in the latter part. The fact that he's doing so well now is pretty impressive. And I just I think the season's going to be his. Uh, with what I'm saying. My last thing, and maybe the most important one, was with Adam. You know, Villapoto mentioned on the Pulp Show Monday, hey, I wish I would have changed teams sooner. And I believe maybe Ricky mentioned the same thing. At what point does Adam say, hey, I just need to get on a different program, on a different team, and just try it before I blow my chance? Uh, what do you think, JT, to, about the Adam question? Well, on the Adam side, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. I don't know, right? He's never ridden anything but a Kawasaki, ever. Uh, so I don't know where his head is with that, if it's even something he is entertaining, because I, I truly don't think it's a motorcycle thing. Like, look how good Jason Anders adapting to it. Um, I, I think, you know, all the bikes are, are really good, and I know Steve has, has railed on that for years. The, you know, modern mo- motorcycles, especially at the factory level, are all incredible. They do have their tendencies, you know, for good or for bad, but they're all great. I think it's more of an Adam problem, honestly. Like, you know, he, he's always been a guy that has, has had elite speed, always. Uh, but he's also, you know, everybody crashes. Like, that always happens. Like, you crash during the week, you crash the races. But it seems like when he crashes, he, he tends to get hurt. And some people don't. Some people crash and they don't get hurt. You know, like Tim Geiser in Europe, he can crash over and over and over, and, you know, he very rarely gets hurt. So to me, it's more of, you know, it, it's unfortunately Adam's just a little bit more brittle, right? And if you saw that, the incident and the whoops, like it wasn't catastrophic. He just put his foot down, and now he's got this severe knee injury. Like I, I've seen that happen to guys every single weekend for years, and they're fine. Unfortunately for Adam, he wasn't fine, you know, and, and I don't think any of us were like, oh, man, that's a season ender when it, when it happened, but here we are. So I don't think the motorcycle would solve that problem personally. Yeah, I don't know either, yeah, Cody. I, yeah, I, think it's, I don't it's think a the big... motorcycle either. Um, I just think maybe the program change, uh, but yeah. sorry, Steve, for interrupting. No, it's fine. I, I, I think it's – I mean, we got to start wondering about Adam for sure. You know what I mean? We're all, we're all friends with him. We all want him to succeed. We all have that. But, dude, you got – yeah, I mean, this sport is brutal, right? And he's literally made it through two series, one of them being a nine-race series without an injury. Absolutely. You know? And, and that's, that's tough, man. That's a, that's a tough deal. So, um, and Tomac, uh, yeah, Tomac's had his best January by four points, I think. Three or four points. I looked it up. Uh, got the red plate. So, I think your point about Tomac, Cody, is valid. And uh, we could see a real rebound here. And Because, uh, and, I mean, last season, JT, I don't know. I mean, he just sort of rode through it. Like, there were times where he was okay and he got on the podium and he won a one, one race or two. But he looks he looks strong this year, man. So yeah, I think uh, yeah. And, you, and you, know, go ahead. you look back and you can tell he didn't want to be there. You know wh- whether that's justified or not, that's for him to decide, I guess. But he looks like a different person just emotionally. Yeah. You know his mood, his temperament, and that's showing up on the racetrack. So whatever the reason was that he needed to make a change, I mean it, it's clearly much better. And that doesn't mean he's going to end up being the champion. Mm. He just looks like a happier person right yeah. now. Uh, thanks, Cody. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah.
Thank you. Yeah, and you know, and you talk about uh, him also. Uh, he's missed like one race from injury in whatever five years, six years. Mm-hmm. He doesn't crash a lot. Like this yeah. is, you know, this is something that is very repeatable for him to just keep yeah. going, and he has the lead, right? So, um, yeah, and, and I think you know, you've always said not getting hurt is a skill. I don't know how you cultivate that skill. I don't know either. But guys, guys do it. You know, you look at Dungies and. Tomax and Nick Ways and guys, they just go years on years on years on years without getting hurt. And they just continue to get better and they don't ever lose their fitness base. And there's there's a lot of things that contribute to success when you can stay healthy. Uh, Sam, you have a future headline. Let's let's hear this. Sam, you there? Oh, is it? Yep. Oh, yes, sir. What's yes, sir. Yeah. Got a future headline for you boys for this weekend 450 class. I got Mookie Monster gobbles up the competition or Whoop Monster consumes Mookie in the desert. No, oh, I actually like these. Both of these are really good. Congratulations on making them good. Um, that leads me to another point, JT, that I wrote about this week in Racer X. Like, Mookie's whoop speed is not – it's been good. It's, it's, it's certainly something mm-hmm. that you, JT, as a racer, would want to be, you know, that good. Um, but it's oh, not been great. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's not been great. It's not, it's not been a stellar. He's never stood out to me at any of these four rounds in the whoops. So maybe a steel frame uh, bike can't quite get what he needs to do. I don't know, but uh, his whoop speed is not as good. So for Sam, JT, which one were you at? Did, did the whoops go- gobble him up? or No, I, I think he'll be fine. And, and I would just put him at the near the top of the range for the guys he's racing against, right? I still think he's one of the best guys. Um, but I also wonder, you know, we've really seen him kind of de-risk the last, like, two seasons where he doesn't have these just, crazy fast laps but he's also not crashing right and his consistency has gone you know basically vertical as far as you know week in and week out he's a top seven guy which he never was able to do that so i wonder if that's correlated where he's like yeah i can still send it in the whoops but guess what every other weekend or maybe once every five races i'm going to end up laying next to the track and maybe i'm out for the season and maybe i'm not but if i back it down three percent I can go as fast as anybody so, else in them, but I'm not going to crash. So the whoop, I would win. I would lean towards that. So the whoop monster is not going to gobble Mookie up. No, okay. no, no, no. I, but I, I think he could still go for it. Like I yeah. think he still has that in him, but I think he's realized that that there's no longevity in that. Sure. That that's not going to end well over the course of 17 weeks. Right. Thanks, Sam. Thanks so, for the call. Yeah, no problem. And uh, keep grinding, Steve. Love you guys. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, Baxter's on too. What's up, Baxter? Hey Steve, hey JT, thanks for taking my call. Um, actually, yeah, been emailing, been emailing JT a, a little bit the past couple of days about uh, trying to get into the fly VIP experiences at one of the Supercross rounds. And yeah, uh, thanks again JT for getting back to me. I really appreciate that. All good. Um, I did, I did have a question, but you guys are making me think talking about the picks for this weekend, uh, fantasy related. Uh, um, is this going to be the weekend where uh, fly athlete uh, Shane McElrath, you know, can he get out front and maybe, you know, put that box up, maybe top five, top three, and, and score some good points this week? Or, you know, a guy like Freeze, too, is a great starter. Um, you know, is he going to be able to get out front maybe and block these guys for 12 minutes? What, what are the 250 races? Uh, tw- are they 10 uh, minutes? 10, 10 plus one, yeah. Okay. You know, just you now you guys are just talking about, you know, your picture this week, and, I, you know, made me think about those guys, you know, maybe – Maybe those would be a good pick. Yeah, I think uh, well, McElrath's gotten great starts at three of the four rounds. Uh, he's drifted right. backwards a little bit, but yeah, JT. I mean, you know, um, you can definitely look at it and, and think McElrath could be a good, pretty good pick. 
Yeah, I think uh, he's been getting frustrated, too, because he's been getting shuffled and, and pushed around a little bit. Um, and, of course, a race that's half the, the length is going to help him. So I like right. the way you're thinking there. Um, I think Vince is also in that same vein. You know, I think he has staying power up there, but I just want to make sure he's 100% before I put him on my team. You know, if he looked great in practice and all that, <laughs> then no problem. But he's also, right. you know, I think when you are – going into these triple crown rounds and you are guaranteed that you have guys in the main event to me, you know, you could use them as your all-star. That's fine. But you want to, you want to go for maximum value because you've just removed all of the risk of them not qualifying. Right. So a guy that's like, you're, you're like, man, he can get me a lot of points, but he, if he doesn't qualify, which has been biting me, I've been, you know, I picked Starling last week and some of these guys and they didn't qualify. Well, that's now out. So you need to be going for maximum risk once you have your guys that are in the main event. Yeah, so you're yeah, saying, you're, you know, my... JT's saying basically, you know, the breezes and these guys that yeah. are 12s and 13s yeah. and 14s, yeah. they'll, they'll be in the main because we'll know the main event, and they'll be in there, yeah. and those are the guys that are <clears throat> So, Yeah, that's a really good point, and this has been my first year playing fantasy, and uh, I understand the frustration of people. It's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, my heart, my heart rate is peaked just about, yeah. you know, for four well, or five hours. Well, yep, that so, that, uh, uh, that 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 happens, uh, Baxter, for sure, man. Uh, hey, do you want uh, do you want a Fly Racing ninety eight hundred OGO bag? No way. Yeah, that would be awesome. Oh, man. you do. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you you playing <laughs> fantasy for the first time? You know, it's a good question you asked. Uh, so stay on hold. All right. We'll get your information. We'll get you that Fly Racing bag. All right. Thank you guys very much. No problem. Thanks, Baxter. Uh, all, right. all right. Baxter wins the uh, the Fly Racing OGO bag. Um, I just looked at the main event laps. So if you cut the main event in half, which is what they are now, Shane was actually in 10th halfway through the main event. So, yep. you know, he didn't start. He lost, you know, he just the position he got in the main is where he would have finished halfway through the main event. Right. So his yep. good start wasn't, you know, good enough to keep him in fourth or fifth, you know, halfway through the race. Right. So, yeah, and it looks it looks to me like he can go the pace for about five laps that he needs to go. And then it's like that's way above anything he can sustain yet. And then he kind of blows up. And then yeah. it's just like a this furious fight with everybody that's trying to get around him. And yeah. I'm sure that's really tough for him to deal with and probably for Seth Rowe as well, who's his trainer. Um, but you just got to keep you got to keep getting in there, right? Every time it's going to get a little easier and a little easier. But right. for somebody who's used to racing the likes of Sexton, remember he and Sexton were championship rivals just two years ago. Yep. He's probably got to be going, man, i, I got to be better than this. Absolutely. Ryan's on four. Ryan, what's going on? What's your question for Jason Thomas? Hey, Steve and JT. Um, I had a, an idea for possibly a new class or maybe even use it in the amateurs um, in Steve's favorite uh, street bike racing paddock the, in the MotoGP. The Moto2 <laughs> class, they have a spec engine. So Triumph provides engines to the teams and – they don't know, like, they don't have a specific engine for each round. Every round there's a lottery system, and Triumph uh, maintains the engines. Every weekend they get a new engine. What if we did something like that where the, AM, uh, the OEMs, like, um, spent some money, developed, like, a, you know, it could be a 250 or even a 200, and you could have a class that um, that would breed the best riders because, you have a spec engine. the The riders just uh, provide a chassis. Maybe you know all the OEMs yeah. come up with a chassis. Yeah, the, seems the, a, so. In in this street bike racing, they're all in different chassis. 
Yeah. Um, well, what's like the story? There's a few. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Mahindra. Uh, there's a there's a uh, few. But there's not. KTM. But they're not. But they're. Oh, KTM says put a Triumph motor in my chassis. Yes. Well, oh. Triumph isn't a manufacturer. In you know, they just provide the engine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. But but it would be a little weird with that. But yeah. yeah that's yeah. That's what, that's where I'm getting at. Well, so back in the day, you used to have a Kawasaki race of champions, Ryan, uh, where the best 80 riders got on identically prepared KX80s and had a race, a three-moto race, the World Minis, every year. And that, okay, was, and yeah. that was really cool. So it was guys from all over, um, all over riding stock Cowies that they switched after each moto. And guess what? All right. the o- so soon one of the OEMs is like, we're not doing that. Our rider's not riding to Kawasaki. <laughs> and it all went to shit. Uh, and I, I suspect this would be the same idea, Ryan. Um, right. You know what I mean? There, so. there are a few other – I like the idea. The, the problem is, you know, the bikes are so different, right? So you can't just slap another engine into them. That's that's the big problem. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, know, there's a, 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 race, a race in Europe. Uh, they have uh, – I don't know the official name of it, but they have a Yamaha race, basically. Like they had it at Motocross the Nations and some other rounds where it's all Yamahas out there. And – Everybody races a bone stock Yamaha. Like Yamaha provides all the 125 two strokes, and everybody races one, and they just see who's you know who's the best on on every, equal equipment. The problem is what Steve said, where you have OEMs that are like, well, why don't we get to do that? You know, whatever. And I'm sure Yamaha's paying a lot, just like KTM is paying a lot for the Junior Supercross Challenge. Uh, but that's about right. as close as we have right now. Yeah. So Ryan, maybe, not a bad idea. I just I don't it. see how it would happen. I just thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Um, Please don't argue with the hosts. All right, Tyler's on two. No, Chance is on two. Chance, what's up, man? Chance. Hey, man. I, I got a question about your net. Yeah. So, obviously, the net saved Christian Craig and his motorcycle and everything. It didn't really but, save Craig. Craig landed on the berm. Saved the motorcycle, though, well, for sure. Yes. That's true. That's true. My favorite part of it was Eli Tomac looking like he had just fallen off a cliff like Wally Coyote and disappeared. <laughs> but, yeah. But, my question is, it, it obviously it hit the nets hard enough to where it messed the nets up. So if the net, if there was an accident, say the first lap or two, and it messes the nets up to where they have to repair it, would they have to stop the race like a NASCAR thing and fix the net, or are they just going to let it go and hope that it doesn't happen again? You know what, JT? I don't remember. I remember it breaking and qualifying a few times for sure. I don't remember it breaking in a race and at all. And I don't know what they would do. That's a good question, I suppose. Uh, can you remember, yeah, JT? Yeah, Anderson. Yeah, so if Anderson sends to- or, uh, Roxton again up to the net, are we going to have to stop the race and get his bike out and clean him up or what? I don't think they have. I mean, they're not going to stop a race mid-race. No way, in my opinion. But in between, like once, you know, there, there are intermission sessions during yeah. the night. I, I would bet they would try to repair so, it during that. So you think if the Craig thing happens in the race in a main event and the net is down, uh, they don't stop it? No, no. Okay. We've had guys. We've had guys shoot over the berm a million times before nets were around, and they didn't stop it. No, but but the net is broken, and now if another guy has the same issue, he's going to go into the stands theoretically. Yeah, that that's how it was for. I know, years. but now we've ta- now we've cha- you know now lawyers have got involved, so they're not stopping the race. Okay, no, All right. I, I do not believe right. they're stopping the race. All right, Chance. JT says they're not stopping it. Well, it'd be interesting to see if it happens. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Thanks for uh, Tyler's on one. What's up, Tyler? Hey guys, um, JT, I have a question for you. I have a um, under the jersey zip up foam chest protector that I won on the, one of the pulp shows one time. I used it a okay. couple of times and the foam has broken. I want to know the best way to reach out to Fly to talk to somebody about 
repair or replace or whatever can be done. I've messaged a couple things and haven't heard anything back. So I'm just wondering who I should contact or if there's an email I should send out or what. Yeah, go to the flyracing.com website, and then uh, there is a, a customer service link on there. And a gentleman named Gary Martinez uh, responds pretty regularly because I, I speak with him pretty much every day. Um, okay. He should get back to you pretty quickly. He's, he's a great uh, asset for us. So if for some reason that doesn't work, just reach out to me, social media, whatever, and I'll find out why. But he's, he's really, really good. So I, I think he will. Okay. Have you heard of that? Uh, do you know what vest I'm talking about? I, think it's off, uh, kind of off I mean, if it's just the, just the under protector? Yeah. It's yeah, like I mean, a, a foam front and foam back. Yeah, sure. Yep. Is yep. it common to have that thing just, like, crack in half? Uh, I, I mean, without seeing it, I, I can't imagine that it is, no. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I'd have to see it to even have a, a real idea of what we're talking about. But, okay. Um, I'll shoot over some yeah. pictures. I'd want right. to see it. Thanks. Sure. Thanks, Tyler. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Tyler's on three. Tyler, what's up, man? Is this okay? There's like two Tyler's. I was just making sure oh, it was me. You're, it's you. Okay, cool. I'm I'm just calling because I got Mookie fever. See, it's uh, so hot right now. Yeah, three Mookie top fever. three top fives in a row. Um, you know he's uh, sixth in the points. I have yeah. a question. Did, yeah. yeah. Did cool. you see him hit whoops on Instagram? Uh, no. At the, from the race or from practice or something or no. what? No, he just posted on Instagram. He's just hitting whoops. No. But not only do I have Mookie fever, I got Austrian fever. I think the Austrian boys are on come out swinging. Okay, JT, where are you at with this? Um, my question is, okay, Mookie's riding really well. I, I like the way he has kind of molded the last few years. Um, he, he's relevant over the whole series, blah, blah, blah. We've lost a little bit of the excitement. That's okay, though. Last week, when he was in second, early on, uh, was that last week? No. He was in second. Uh, San Diego, San Diego, I believe. San Diego. Okay, he was in second early on, right? And I think everybody was kind of like, okay, here's his shot, right? If he's going to do something, he's got to start. The whoops are really tough, which is good for him. This is the moment where you've got to like take advantage of it, and he really wasn't able to, you know, kind of capitalize on that. So I don't know what to make of it. I'm not. I'm definitely not condemning him. I just felt like man that was a really good opportunity to get a podium really challenge for the win because he that's that's what i feel like he's been missing is the opportunity to be at the front you know he, he was right there like jason anderson in front of him i don't feel like he looks at jason anderson as unbeatable and he just wasn't able to to make it happen so i think three starts shorter races i think he can he can do well, something nasty i uh yeah. I, I agree with you let's hope so man thanks for the call appreciate it Yep. Uh, it may have even yep. been. It may have been Sexton that was at, Sexton was in front of him, and I just remember yep. thinking like, "This is a, this is your chance, right? Sexton's never won. Mm-hmm. You've never won. Like you got it. You got to do it right now." And he just, it wasn't bad. He was still fine. It just wasn't what you know. I think he was hoping for. Right. Flyracing.com. Thanks, JT. Appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend at Glendale. Thank you. Okay, guys. See you. All right. Thank you to Fly Racing, of course, for uh, doing this show, sponsoring it. Flyracing.com. Justin Brayton wearing Fly Racing, and speaking of Justin Brayton. It's Jason Wygan. What's up, Weege? Yeah, Steve. Are you ready? Are you ready, Steve Mathis? Are you ready for what I'm about to drop on you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. That's... I am coming to you live. Yeah. From the Blue Crew HQ right here in Georgia. 
looking at a beautiful array of bikes. Oh, some of them ready amazing. to go out to press that's members, amazing. some for marketing purposes. Yep. I'm in a just a sea of blue, a sea of blue crew. And how does it feel? I don't know. I mean, I'm just looking at the results from Saturday. I'm just looking at those results. Yep. You know, it Look feels at like them. that. It and, feels like that. And, and, and Blue Crew swept them. Blue Crew has the red plates. It's all good. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I, yeah. Yep. I'm going to call this, uh, this is the house that Bobby Regan built. This is it. I mean, <laughs> Bobby Regan, single-handedly, he's taken all the competition, all the other brands, all the other factories, and one guy that owns a car dealership in Alabama, is it? Mississippi. I don't even know. I think it's Mississippi. Mississippi. He has taken them all out. Um, Unbelievable. It's come a long way from Keith and Kevin and Isaiah Johnson. <laughs> it's come a long way. It's unbelievable yeah. that those teams. I always say when, when we see – Small teams, you know, take the, uh, you know, the, the team that Zombie Blows is on, like the Motul team, right? Yep. Like those size teams, you never know which one of them 10, 12 years from now could be that kind of player because we've seen it. Like we know what Butler Brothers was and we know what they are today mm-hmm. and star racing. Like it's amazing how that happens. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right about that. And then, yep. there, then there's other teams like a WBR Suzuki. Two years and done. A.M. Leonard, two done. years and done. Done. 100%. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're just like, okay. Uh, thanks to the folks yep. at uh, Pro Taper and FMF Vision, of course. Maxis Tires, the SGB Maxis team with Kay Clayson, Alex Ray. Alex Ray's out for this weekend, by the way, everybody. Uh, Going to try to get his uh, hand fixed. But Kay will be there on Maxis Tires, uh, developed by some guy named Jeremy McGrath. And, of course, the folks at Get. RPM dashboards, uh, two-stroke ECUs, four-stroke ECUs. If you want a deal from the folks at Get and Athena, use the contact form at pulpmex.com and email us, and we'll get it out to you. And Plum Creek funding, if you want a deal, if you're in Colorado, Nevada, California, Plum Creek funding can uh, do your deal on a house or pull out some equity or whatever you need to do. Thank you to those guys for coming on board. Weej, uh, um, I, I like uh, – so you, you, you did the first few rounds, didn't come to the last few – wasn't really planning on coming to Glendale, but when you saw that number 10 late in the race, lying there on the jump, I'm sure you got on the internet and booked a flight to Glendale ASAP. It, it is true. Like I had to call, you know, uh, folks like you and I who travel for a living, we have good status. I, I went straight to the 1-800 concierge number. And I said, you know what we need to do. It was like picking up the bat phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. get me to Glendale. We, we need to. We need to fix this. And they answered. And it was just a motorcycle without a rider. I was scared. <laughs> and they answered it. Hello, Mr. Y. Got a ticket to Glendale, I assume. They knew. Yeah. They knew the call was yep, coming. Yeah. Yep. So you're, 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 you're coming. But JT was on earlier and talking about triple crowns. And uh, you're like me and him, I think. You're, you're down with these triple crowns. And we didn't have them last year, of course. And, and we got three of them this year. And, and bring them on, I say. Yeah, there's a couple reasons. Obviously, I, I, I skipped two. So I'm already. Okay. I don't want to skip anymore. That's for starters. Uh, but Glendale Triple Crown is awesome. We haven't had one in a while. We love them. And finally, uh, just in overall, the track ends up being awesome there a lot. In that stadium, it's common with the dirt, I mm-hmm. guess, is pretty good and a little bit bigger. We all know that the football layout usually is better than the baseball layout, but then the football stadiums are a little bit smaller. This is like the ideal. It is football layout, but big. Mm-hmm. So it works awesome. Yeah, yeah, yep. it's really, really good. Um, it's always a great race. And, of course, uh, it's had some weirdo races for sure over the years. Glendale has. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, I was kind of on board with um, the uh, this thing helping Ken Roxon, and this is the format, and he's going to get it back on track this weekend. I don't know if he's going to win, but I think he gets back on track this weekend. JT wasn't having it so much, worried about his health, worried about the way things are going. Um, where you stand? Where, break the tie with JT and I on uh, on Roxon's um, you know potential for this weekend. 
Uh, I, I will go a little more on your side because I believe it opens up the potential. The timing is perfect to have this happen at round five because I know I was taking heat from saying the series starts to take shape at round three. And then obviously, you know, round four, like I, I think a lot of people are like, how is that possible that the series is taking shape with the first three or four or five races? It's 17 rounds. It begins at Daytona. Well, that's a myth. It doesn't begin at Daytona. If you're sucking by round five, you're not getting it. You're not. Like, you are who you are at that point. So I feel like we are starting to see a pattern, and it has been Anderson, Tomac, and Sexton. They are the best guys. I will fight anyone if you want to argue that. They have been the three best. Do you yeah. agree, Steve? They've yeah. been the three yeah. best guys. By points and by eye test. Either one. 100%. Yep, and they've all won races. Except for Roxon, the other guy that won races, and he's had his issues, so I can't put him in their category. So what I'm saying is, they are building momentum. They are starting to put a grip on this. I like that we have a triple crown that at least has the chance of just wrecking that, just because of the weirdo circumstances of you go down on the first turn or the race is too short to make up ground or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Does that mean for sure Kenny wins it? No, but I think he's got a better chance here than he would if we just ran last week's race again. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I, yeah. th- I think that Kenny can be, bounce back with a podium this weekend and or maybe win the damn thing uh, and get this thing back on sure. track. He is almost a points, a whole main event down. It's crazy. Yeah. Life comes at yeah. you fast, uh, for sure. So. <laughs> yeah, wins round one. Yeah. Wins round one. Yeah, and, yep. b- and three rounds later, he's almost a, uh, a down a, a whole race. So, um, 250-wise, uh, again, Vince Freeze, obviously, if he's okay, this plays into his favor uh, because of the starts and everything else. Uh, also plays mm-hmm. into Christian Craig's favor heavily as well. So um, we're, we're looking for a – I don't see much changing in 250-wise via the Triple Crown. I see this kind of being the same. Uh, yes and no. The, the one thing is, though, you know, the, the most – and the riders tell you this every week, right? They don't like Triple Crowns because of the fear of three starts. I just feel like – there are no guarantees for anybody. So if you're Craig and you're the best guy on average, throwing a variable in there is probably not ideal. I know what you're saying. He's got a better chance of getting three good starts than everybody else. But, you know, you survive two starts, you win the first two races, and you could still get 20th or get hurt in the last one. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would say if I'm doing well in the series, I don't like you chaos. You don't want this, yeah. And these races <laughs> breed chaos. Right. No, yeah, you got a yeah. point there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, it should be interesting to see. Mosman, obviously, I think will be good, and Shimoda's got to turn this thing around. I, I, I think, and I was talking to Mitch a little bit about this after the race, and I, he wasn't really buying it, or, or if he does, <laughs> if, he, if he was buying it, he wasn't telling me. I think just the difference with, with Joe Shimoda is he – now thinks he can win a championship, and we're seeing sort of the mental side of a racer. I really, I really think so. Nothing's changed. Same bike, same team, uh, same speed, and everything. And he has been a shadow of what he was. And this coast is not strong, by the way. And I just think it's all like I, I'm supposed to win this title. Like what? Ah, that's all. Yeah, yeah. And you have to wonder if uh, you know other guys going out and the, the class not being that deep only ramps that up, right? It even looks like more of an opportunity. You know if. Let's say this coach was originally going to have Craig, Jet Lawrence, and Colt Nichols, who won a, a great majority of the races last mm-hmm. year, the three of them, and they were all supposed to be there. Yeah, Maybe for Shimoda, you're like, okay, it's another building year. It's not quite the year for me yet, but once you lose Nichols, doesn't that at least automatically be like, oh, i got to take advantage of this yeah. a little bit? Yeah. yeah, and it's not like Craig is some sort of just rock. He's good, as we know, but he's, you know, he, he's also let things go. Yeah, in the well, past. no matter who it is, you've gone from – Maybe the three fastest guys last year yeah. to, uh, oh, I mean, Justin Cooper's not racing either. So <laughs> you're only racing one of those four guys who were very good last year. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah I would think it puts a little pressure on. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, easily for me, uh, look, Tomac is uh, better or, or just better. He's better than last year. There's no doubt um, on the Yamaha, and I get it. But he's you know he's one of the all timers, so this is okay. Uh, Sexton, the, the path of Sexton's emergence is 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 right, trucking along, no problem. Mookie's <laughs> a little better. Uh, the, the surprise by far is Jason Anderson, by far, uh, to start. I, I didn't have him winning a race. Never mind, he might have had two wins already. Um, and the red plate, like Anderson, is is the, by far the surprise of the series. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody uh, can argue that one. And you brought up this crazy point where you're like, wow, look how good Telemach is on the Yamaha after he left Kawasaki. But look at how much better Anderson got getting on uh, the Kawasaki, which totally goes back to right fresh start thing. Um, we'll probably never know everything that went down at the Rockstar Husky team. I mean, at some point, Bobby Hughes was the owner. Then I guess he was, I don't know, then he became just a team but, manager. But, but, I don't know. No, but then he owned, then the, he two, but he owned the 250 side. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> so we'll never know exactly. But I'm just going to assume that there are behind-the-scenes things that maybe agree with Anderson. So although it looked like he was on the same team the whole time, clearly it wasn't good by the end as it was back in 2018. And now that he's with the new group, obviously it's helped. I mean, it can't just be the bike. It can't be. The Tomac leaving and Anderson getting better going there, bikes clearly, it, there's a lot more to it than just the yeah. motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. These, guys are, these guys are fragile little flowers, Weech, and, and these things affect them. So uh, I also think, one other thing on Anderson, I also think, I mean, we all know, like, I, I think – we go a little sideways on this. We are never saying that Anderson doesn't train or doesn't try. We have never said that. I think all you and I have ever said is, like, maybe he's at a 95%. Yeah. Uh, where the other guys are at 100 But I think he finally, he's gotten to the point where he's already said, if this doesn't go right over the next season or two, I might just be out. And I want to be out. So <laughs> just ramp up a little, bit, little job security. Um you know, he's got a little extra motivation to prove, like, I'm still one of the guys. I still need to get paid and get a motorcycle and uh, You're breaking up a little bit, so if you moved at all, uh, move back to where you were. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, 702-586-7857. You got a call, a question for Jason Wygant. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Get Pro Taper, Maxis, FMF Vision, Plum Creek Funding. Thanks to Cade Clayson. We are not giving away any FMF goggles this week as he failed to make the main event. So, nice job, Cade. Uh, way to screw everybody <laughs> over on this show. Um <laughs> Hey, I want to deviate a little bit from the series right now to wrap up the show. World Supercross uh, guys were at Anaheim, too. Not everybody was stoked on that. They met with OEMs. They met with some agents. They met with some sponsors. And, you know, we, we saw the Feld broke away from the FIM, and the FIM put the Supercross series up for bid. I said on the show, who the hell would, would pay FIM, FIM to have a Supercross series? Uh, there's already one called the World Supercross Series, and it's the AMA. But the grease balls at FMF, FIM, FM, FIM need some money, and they found some guys, the promoters of the Australian Open. They, they took, the, uh, took the sanctioning, and they want to have a World Supercross round like we used to have back in the day. And, and I don't know, Weech. I talked to somebody this morning again, and I am getting totally divergent uh, things about what they, these guys want to do. Uh, they they want to run Supercross during Nationals, according to some people. Other people I talked to said, no, 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 it's not during the Nationals. It's in the fall. Uh, a couple of agents are t- telling me that they are doing it. They want to do it during the Nationals. Whatever it is, the sport, in my opinion, the sport can't have this. We can't have more infighting 
Um, but then again, we, you are a history, a student, hist- a, a student of the history of the sport, like I am. And promoter wars go back to the uh, late seventies, eighties. Uh, so here we are again. Um, but what's what's your take on this? Yeah, um, I, I was, you know, as a reporter, I haven't dug into much on what that series is going to be because when they announced that they were doing it in December, it said more info is coming in January. So I'm like, if you call these guys, they're probably just going to say, yeah, we don't, we're not going to tell you anything right now. So I was just like, okay, just give it a month, and I don't know, they'll explain something. Uh, but now that hasn't happened, and instead, now, yes, we're both hearing these, this is happening, no, that's happening, no, this right. is happening, no, that's happening. Uh, I think the one thing we know for sure, and this is probably where we can educate the fans, we don't know exactly what this series is supposed to be, but we do know that there's a misconception that Kawasaki is Kawasaki and Yamaha is Yamaha and Honda is Honda and they're global companies. They are global companies, but that is not how the racing works. For better or for worse, it might not sound logical, but the way it works is they are individual distributor importers in their own country. And in the end, the bosses at any company in the U.S., they are trying to win races in the U.S., and that's what their budget is used for. So they have historically never had an appetite for international racing. They just don't. Maybe that's short-sighted. Maybe it's not logical, but it is the truth. So that's why, I mean, this has never really gotten off the ground. I mean, it was an FIM World Championship with Feld for 20 years. It never got traction. They had a few races in Europe, didn't work. Two in Canada, I felt it did work. They didn't even do that anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, we heard rumors forever. It really was going to go, you know, global. Never did. And I believe that is 100% because it's just not how the teams are set up to do business. Short-sighted or not, it is what it is. So that's going to be tough uh, on this series, fair or unfair, to get this going. We used to have a World Supercross series. It was in the fall. Uh, it was France and, and, and different places. Uh, Spain was one. Um, and, and, you know, Villeman won it. Renard won it. Damon Huffman won it. Fro won it. Um, and if that's what these guys want to do, that's cool. I think, there's a, I think you can get Justin Brayton. You know, he doesn't do the Nationals. You can get Alex Ray. You can get these type of riders. But to me, if these guys are trying to get the elite of the elite, and it sounds like they're meeting with these dudes and telling them that, Good luck. Yeah. I don't see how that could possibly happen. Because I think one thing that would help them compared to when this series was tried, tried like this in the 90s, back then I was just saying, back then you only really had factory teams. You were either on a factory team or you were not. We now have a lot of these, you know, I, I love the Ryan type program, you know, where riders are kind of able to build like a semi-sort of supported high-profile effort. And uh, you could say that Brayton and MCR is like that. I mean, it's not just on the MCR team. It's partially his doing, like mm-hmm. sponsors they have. I, there's a chance Genova doesn't even race this year if Brayton's not on the team, right? Right. So I feel like we have more of these sub-programs where a veteran rider has built his own thing that could go to a series like this where I feel in like 1999, you were either on Factory Cowie or you were nothing. Yeah. So I think yep. there's more, you know, and maybe Brayton and A-Ray are the only guys we're naming now. But two years from now, you could see someone else who's maybe on a factory team now being like, okay, that's going to be my next step when I'm done with AMA Supergirl. So I think there's more areas in the edges they could use. But if your goal is to just get Cincerello, Anderson, Tomac, Ferrandis, Roxon, Sexton, I, I don't know if that's their goal, but it's not going to happen. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a, a, a place for a World Supercross Series. I'm okay with that. Right. But, again, I'm hearing but could lots you of, see yeah. three years from now in 2026 or something, Roxon being like, all right, I, I'm not fully retired. I'm going to do a handful of this, a handful of that, and I'll do some of those, that kind of thing. Sure, but who's paying yeah. his salary for that? Who's going to pay well, that salary and give him equipment? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, as we've seen from like the Brayton program or even what Ryan Seitz does, it seems like there's ways to do a little bit of that that didn't exist before. Before, I felt like you were either in or out. Yeah, no. You now can, we're seeing the yeah. hybridish arrangement. You can get a factory bike if you're Ken Rocks, or not. I mean, sorry, you can get a bike if you're Ken Rocks in, in three years and go do this series, but you're not getting any salary from an OEM, in my opinion. No. Yeah. No, but you could probably get three other sponsors and maybe make it worth your while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or I don't even think that was an option in 1999. So that helps them a little bit, but yep. they're not just getting the full factory teams. Um, I don't know why. It's just not the way the industry works. So, yes, when you say the the world championship, it kind of is the world championship here. Yeah, you can call – you know, I can have a race and call it a world championship. It, uh, Glenn Helen literally does that. Literally does that. Yeah, uh, you did. You raced it. I yeah. raced it. And, and they call it a two-stroke world championship. So you can do yeah. – you can call it whatever you want, but it doesn't mean that's that's what it is. You know what I mean? Right. So. Um, I don't know. It'd be yeah. interesting to but see. But I don't want to say too much, though, because, again, these guys haven't announced their intentions. Like, I, I hate taking third-hand info and saying it's the gospel. So yeah. we'll see. They said they're going to announce more. And, that's, and until they do, yeah. I don't want to judge it too much. And that's what I was saying, though. I'm getting info radically on both sides from people that I that I talk to. And I'm like, okay, what, what what's, go, what's going on right. here? Yeah. So <laughs> some of this yeah. info we're getting is clearly wrong. Yeah. Something. Something so, is. <laughs> something's wrong. Yeah, right. Um, so, like, it, it, I shouldn't say wrong. It's clearly inaccurate because we're hearing two completely different stories. Yeah. Only one of them could be true. Yep. So, uh, uh, we'll see. Another thing I hear, so Beta is definitely coming back in the sport. They had Van Horbeek racing a prototype bike that kind of by the end of the series seemed like it was going pretty south. But they are developing a new bike, and they want to race, and they bought a rig already. So we're going to see Beta race in the uh, Nationals, I believe, first, and then, and then jump into Supercross. And, and what do you know about this Triumph uh, thing? I know they got a bike coming out. I've heard it's a steel frame, KYB components. I, that's about all I know. Carmichael's involved. Tedesco's involved. And Bobby Hewitt's now apparently going to run a team for Triumph, either the main team or a separate team. But what do you know about Triumph coming in the sport? And and by the way, if Triumph and Beta come in, we're gonna, and, and then Stark wants to come in, we're going to have a lot of OEMs here. Yeah, so I want to start on that point first. Uh, this is pretty phenomenal that uh, it's several people seem to be thinking at the same time that there's money to be made making and selling dirt bikes, which is an awesome thing. And you know, we know COVID apparently had like a big impact on the demand for these, but there's no way any of these decisions were made. You know, yeah, six months during ago. COVID, like, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so someone at Triumph in 2019 decided to do this, and someone at Beta in 2019 decided to do this. So that's a real compliment. Uh, and here's my guess. Here's my guess. KTM has blown up the model so much. I mean, they just do things differently than the traditional Japanese brand. I don't know if it's better or it's worse, but they're definitely different, right? And clearly successful, also. So what I've got to imagine is that these other brands. And these are all European brands, mind you, are like, well, geez, KTM is just killing it. Can't we even get a fraction of what they got? So to me, that's what's done it. KTM has proven that, you know, for 30 years, it was like, nope, there's four Japanese OEMs. You'll never beat them. You'll never build a better mousetrap. You won't beat them in races. You won't beat them in sales. You can't build better motorcycles than them. I feel like KTM has proven this is not a fluke. This is sustainable. And why wouldn't these other brands think, okay, Mm-hmm. If they can do it, we can do it. So I think that's 
the driving principle. We just want to be the next KTM or, or do what KTM's doing. Right. Uh, I did a podcast with Anton Wass, the uh, founder of Stark Motorcycles. It's on RacerX Online, I think, today. It's up on my podcast feed mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, he, he was I, – I got into it with racing, and he, he said he wants to go racing, and why not let them, you know, go? And he, he made a case of, like, look, if you, if you shut us out, electric bikes are going to be the future, and maybe someone else grabs the electric bike market, and we end up racing that series or that, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, I get it. W- what do you do, though? Like, I did think MX Sports was a little closed-minded with the Alta. Now, the Alta was saying, look, our bike's at 254-stroke. Um, Stark's not saying that. Stark's saying we race 450s, you know? Um, so I, so it's a little different. It's not totally apples to apples. But to me, you know, that CRF 154-stroke was supposed to crush the 80s, and they never did, right? It, you would know better than I do, but it never worked. It didn't – it didn't – it wasn't better than an 80. Uh, Maybe in certain yeah, riders, but – right. It didn't work. Yeah, and there so, was serious fear of it, right, and it ended up being not true. Not, right, so maybe the Alta thing, same thing. There's serious fear of it, but let them in and let's see where they're at. And I say the same thing with the Stark guys. Let them in and let's see where they're at, and we can adjust after that. Yeah, but, okay, that's, you, you really cherry-picked the data there to pick the Honda 150, which didn't dominate. Uh, but have you heard of the YZ250F? Yes, I mean, absolutely. It no. took about five minutes. It took about five minutes to be like, okay, 125, we're done. But, but we can adjust that. We can do, you know, you, you got to see where it's at, right? Uh, and the problem is the AMA never, so the 400 came in, was really good, and the AMA still kept a 550cc limit for another, like, uh, six, seven years. They didn't yeah, make but, any adjustments. They just were like, uh, you know, what if AMA had said, look, holy shit, 550ccs is way too much. Oh, my God, Yamaha's got it going on. It is now 400. The limit is 400. Uh, uh, what would, ha- what, what would happen? Makes, here's what makes that difficult, and this is the same exact tide that you're swimming against now. The 400, or sorry, the 550 rule was actually there for the benefit of the industry because in the 90s they thought emissions regulations are coming and two strokes will be banned, and we want four strokes to succeed because that is the only way this industry is going to exist. If they ban two strokes and all we do is sell two strokes. We're ruined. So this is not that far removed from someone saying, we actually do want the electric to do well because gas engines are going to be banned and we need electric to succeed. So I think they wanted the Forester to succeed. Now, the problem is you're predicting the future. This is 1995 trying to guess 2005, and they guess wrong because emission regulations never came. I mean, I'm looking at a YZ250 that's being sold right now, right? Beautiful, beautiful, by the way. It is, yes. They guessed wrong. But it is very difficult to come back on someone and be like, how did you not get the future nailed 10 years earlier? I think that's going to be the problem here. There's going to be a, the electric bike has proven it's good, too good, let's penalize it. But wait, wouldn't helping electric help all of us? What if we have to have electric 10 years from now? That's where it's going to get difficult. We're not just talking about what happens on the racetrack. They can easily say that this is for the good of motorcycling in general. And now you get a real conundrum on your hands. Are we just talking about what's good for Supercross on Saturday? Are we talking about, like, the sustainability of this market in the year 2035? That's what you're fighting now. Yeah, but nobody knows that. I'm just talking racing. Like, let the e-bikes in and let's see where they're at, and we can adjust. Right, but, okay, let's say they do come in and dominate. And then we're like, okay, they're too good. We need to hold these electric bikes back. Or, or, you like that? Mm -hmm. Yep. Do they say, honestly... 
electric being dominant and making people want to buy electric is probably for our own good. Why would we penalize them? They didn't want to penalize the four-stroke back then because they thought selling four-strokes was going to be very helpful for the industry because of these emission regulations, which ended up never coming. That's too much conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory, in my mind, of that was literally why the rule was there. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm, the, the thought of like, let's not put them in because maybe they'll crush it, and then that way we'll have to all go electric. Like, I'm a little. No, no. I'm saying if they put the electric in and mm-hmm. they dominate, the idea of now we've got to slow the electric bike down so it doesn't win. I don't know if they'll want to do that. I think they'll have to to appease their partners that go racing, that have gas cars, yeah, mo- I guess. motorcycles. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Yeah, right. I mean, Cowie didn't have a 450 four-stroke to sell until, what, 2007? Six, six, yeah. Six. So it, it seemed like it all happened quickly, but that took eight years. Yeah. I'm sure eight years of Cowie being pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. Why are you doing this? I just yeah. – uh, I think we're – if we shut Alta out – and they had, as a company, I think they had some other issues going on. So it's not like the reason why. I'm not saying that at all. But you know, I, I think yeah, they're the, not the perfect model. No, they no, had no. Some other problems. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah. But 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 these, but Stark, right. you know, Anton yeah. at Stark is like we we want to race, and if we need to adjust, we'll adjust. We can do that. It's electric bike. Yep. You know, we can adjust it and and figure out where we can race. Yeah. And I hope they're given a chance. I guess that's where ultimately the conversation with you is. I hope they're given a chance to see what this Stark bike can do. They they. I mean, if Anton, the CEO, the founder, is to be believed, they want to race all races at the highest level against gas bikes. So, Yeah, and what makes this uh, either – this is good or bad, I'm not sure. Supercross and motocross, and this is, I believe, why Alta got involved in this space in the first place. Alta did. It is the only type of racing where electric can go head-to-head with gas. It can, because range is not a problem. We're only talking 20-minute main events. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. in car racing, they could never – you can't have an electric car race in NASCAR because they can't go 500 miles. They can't. Yeah. It's not possible. They, you'd have to have in the, the Formula E series, they have to literally get into a second car with a pre-charged battery. Well, we don't have that problem. So this, this is a flip of the switch, pardon the pun, away from being totally doable, which every other sport can be like, well, we don't have to cross that bridge. They can't do 500 miles, so we don't even have to think about it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Interesting yep, stuff. This is, sure. this is right. I mean, I'm sure within the next couple of months, Stark is going to say this bike's ready for a 35 minute moto today, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's ready. You can race it in an Ash photo right now. Yeah, I think it'd be we interesting. Don't need 10 more years of battery technology. We're yep. already there because yep. our races are short. I just, yeah. let's not shut these guys out. Let's, let's see what they're at. Let's race these things. Let's see what's going on. And, you know, I mean, yeah. So. I think they're just so scarred by the four-stroke thing, which I swear it was done for good intentions. I know no one would believe that now, but right. it's very easy to look back 25 years ago and be like, you guys didn't get the future right. Well, that's hard to do. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, yep. Interesting stuff, for sure. Before we let you go on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show, who's your winner? No calls? Couple- what happened? What happened to our calls? Ah, we had a couple, but we didn't get to them. This is more interesting. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, what, uh, who's winning this weekend? Triple crowns. Uh, I'm going to go Brayton. Uh-huh. Very good in the triple crowns. Okay. Historically. Yep. I mean, I'm just, this is unbiased. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is data. Yep. yep. Just data. And we need it. We need a win you do. to get you back in the title hunt. You do. Yeah. We already missed a race of COVID. So, uh, that's not good. Uh, we will win this weekend. I believe unbiased. And, 
I'm just going to shake it up. I'm going to say Moseman. Keep okay. this thing interesting. Yeah, I hope so, right? Absolutely. Yep. Um, all right, man. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend at Glendale. Blue Crew. Blue Crew. Good. Enjoy it. Soak it in. All right. See ya. See ya. Uh, that's Jason Wygan, everybody. That's the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show for another Thursday. Great job over there, Tits. Really, really good. Yep. Thank you. Another stellar performance. Always on it. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Pro Taper, FMF Vision, Maxis, Get, Plum Creek Funding, all on board with us. And, of course, the guys at Fly Racing as well. Enjoy, enjoy these shows. Next week, Thursday, same time, same place. See you then.